3: Couldn't let Media Day go by without getting the good word from Vincent Goodwill from Yahoo Sports, who, as you can see, is at Bucks Media Day with Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh holding court uh, right above uh, Vinny's left shoulder. There, uh, Vinny, let's get right to it, man. You've heard what everybody had to say. Dame is in the building. Giannis is there. Expectations are sky high. What is your big takeaway from Bucks Media Day? What'd you hear and what'd you process that maybe some other people did not?
4: I don't know if I I processed something that other people did, and I think it was fairly obvious some of the things, especially Giannis coming out and saying, hey, it doesn't make financial sense for me to come out and sign an extension right now just because of the function of the CBA. Everybody's looking at it and saying, well, hey, since Dame is here, sign the extension now. But there's an $80 million difference between him signing an extension today and doing it in the offseason after you have a full postseason playoff run with Damian Lillard and – everything else. Maybe it'll be on the heels of a championship. But I do think as much as they were lamenting and talking about what New Holiday meant to their franchise and how much they were going to miss him, they were downright excited that they a little Lillard is here. You know what I mean? Like, this was a whole yeah. new energy. I talked to a bunch of people just off to the side and they were talking about just the new energy that's in the building. Not that it was stale for the past four or five years. You can't win a championship and have it be stale, but they were talking about literally just the excitement. Giannis is running around dancing and <laughs> Damian Lillard looking around and just sort of taking everything all in. Like this is a new building, a new experience for him. You know, just even a couple of days before, he barely had time to really process all this stuff, Smith. So I think what you're seeing is like a lot of new energy, what you're going to see or what what's going to play out, I think is, I wonder what type of start they're going to have because the expectations always were, Championship, but now it's really championship.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So
3: this is what I'm curious about because Collier you reference
4: from ESPN and Jim Arzowski and all, all the ESPN. i <laughs> about to say let's, just,
3: let's let's just make it a let's just make it a party. No, I was gonna say though, but when it comes to Giannis's future, because this was very much the Bucks saying, "Hey, we hear you, we see you, we got you. We got Damian Lillard for you. If you're concerned about our commitment to winning the championship, watch this." Is it just a matter of more money to be made later? Or is Giannis still kinda sorta in wait and see mode? I guess, is it about the results or was it about the team, and the organization, being aggressive in pursuit of those championship results? Does that make
4: sense? Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily gonna sign an extension or not relative, relative to results. I think it's always process related. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You can't sit up somewhere and ask the question about, hey, are we committed to winning the championship? when you've been the best team in the NBA record-wise for the last five years, and you have a championship to show for it. So I think the process of, hey, some of these guys are getting older, let's make sure we're augmenting them with younger pieces, and then you go out and get Dane Lillard. You know what I mean? Like, if you go out and get a superstar, but a superstar was making a lot of money, going to make a lot more money in the next two years if that extension that he has kicks in, which is an affirmation from the front office, from the ownership, as the cba becomes far more punitive that we're going to do everything we can within the rules to make sure that we have the best talent possible it's not quite like lebron putting that outsized pressure on every organization that he plays on it's a little more you know you get more you get more honey with with, get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar type of thing but the pressure is still there i don't think you play to the results but i do think you play to the process and make sure now think about like this man how do you think Giannis' reaction would have been if Dame had gone to Miami? Yeah, no doubt. You know I mean, would he have viewed that as "Hey, hey, we guys, we did everything he could," or, the, or management would have said, "Hey, we weren't on his list." Would he have still viewed he that them? as being good enough, or did he view, Would he have accepted it? You know, you yeah, don't know. That,
3: that doesn't sound like he in that mindset of like, "Oh, we tried. We did the best we could." Um, So. Okay, you mentioned a different energy in the building. Not that it was stale, but a different energy with Dame there and Drew Holiday out. What's the reaction with Drew Holiday now landing in Boston, of all places? Because I know externally, I, like a lot of people, immediately vaulted the Bucks to favored status in the Eastern Conference. Then the Celtics said, hold on, and Wayne got Drew Holiday. How do the Bucs see this matchup now? Uh, and how do you see it in terms of who should be favored in the Eastern Conference?
4: Well, I'll tell you this. The last time Drew Holiday and Damian Lillard met up in a playoff matchup, that was with New Orleans-Portland, I want to say in 2018. And that did not go particularly well for Portland. Like, Drew Holiday had the clamps on everybody going on there. So, and after the fact, look, Damian Lillard did come out and say, look, I'm not going to be Drew Holiday. I think he's the best mm-hmm. defensive guard in the league he would know better than anybody. He knows he's going to have to try a little bit more on defense, but he knows that he's not going to be that guy. Now, for Drew Holiday's part, someone did say on the podium, Drew Holiday's going to be giving a tail. Like, they all know (laughs) what this is. You know what I mean? He can switch on virtually everybody. He can guard almost all five positions at his height. And you know that they're going to switch and put Drew Holiday on yon. At a point, and he's going to, you know, sit under that shoulder and, sit and try to, you know, knock the ball away. Like he knows this team better than anybody that could possibly know him. And then you have the Boston Celtics, who knocked out the Milwaukee Bucks the last time they played in a playoff series. So I won't call it the seeds of a rivalry because we don't do rivalries anymore in the NBA. People are too soft for that. <laughs> but you will have a competitive and arguably contentious playoff matchup. What I will say to you, also, Michael Smith, is. Do not count out the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference. That's all I'm gonna say. We always seem to dismiss them and they always seem to be there in May. I'm just saying, let's just let's slow our roll. It would be nice to say, hey, one of these two teams, Milwaukee or Boston, would be in the finals, you know, and I will I won't have to be in South Beach when it's raining and you know the weather's terrible yeah. and anything like that. And you know, no no nobody wants to be in Miami in June. We always want to hang out in Milwaukee and Boston.
3: Keep the faith. So uh I hope so. This this is the opposite of Saw my role, because this is the first time you and I have talked about this. We have a, we have not texted or talked about this on hmm. offline. I, like many others, Hey, listen, you can, you can hit me with the four. I was talking to Curt Heal about this a minute ago. You can hit me with the four championships that Steph and Clay have won. You can hit me with what uh, Jokic and Murray just did. But I would come back with, well, yeah, because Giannis and Dame have never played together. So they didn't have the opportunity to do what those other two guys did. I'm one of those people that believes that they instantly become the best duo on paper, obviously not resume because they haven't done it together, best duo in the league. What say you? Hmm.
4: I tend to believe that Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic still maybe have a bit more of an edge because their games complement each other perfectly and we saw it in a high leverage situation. Sure. I would tend to go there. I tend to I tend if you've done it, I tend to give you a little bit more of the edge than the hypothetical. But I but yeah. I do agree with you that. I do agree with you that. Watching Damian Willard maybe on the possibility of a 12-foot string with Giannis. Giannis driving and Damian being in his line of sight on the on the weak side, well, that could be tantalizing. That could that let me say it could be this time. That's scary. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how you yeah. defend one or the other without completely compromising your defense. So I'm not poo-pooing this at all, trust me.
3: Yeah. Before I let you go and this is we we'll probably have to pick this conversation up another day, but now that the dust has settled and you've written, as usual, brilliantly about it on Yahoo Sports, how do you feel about – because you and I went back and forth a, a while back about what the Blazers owed Damian Lillard. And mm-hmm. how, just how do you feel about how everything transpired, now that everything's kind of sort of come out in the wash, various reporting, whether it's your own or, uh, or Chris Haynes or what have you, how do you feel about how everything went down in Portland as it relates to Damian Lillard ending up in Milwaukee?
4: I mean, look, they got the best deal that they can say possible. I do think that some of the framing around it, adding DeAndre Ayton to the lot that Portland got for Damian Lillard while forgetting that Yusuf Nurkic was involved in it, it's a little bit of mythmaking, right? But I think as a general thing, in the end, I do think some mistakes were made. I do think there were some regrettable regrettable actions, maybe from both sides, if they would say, you know, once you take emotion out of it and everything else. I mean, the loyalty that an organization has to a player goes as far as you pay them. And that's, I think, what this has kind of shown. I do think that Dame was in a, a different situation because he had multiple years left in his contract as opposed to being an expiring deal. So it gave Portland a little more practical leverage. And I do think that he wound up being in a place, even secondarily compared to Miami, that he wanted to land. Like, they didn't send him to Siberia. They did send him to a place. Like, I I do laugh, Mike, when people say, I do laugh when people say, hey, y'all, we we are upset at the possibility of Damian Lillard going to the Eastern Conference champions in Miami. But instead, (laughs) we're going to send him to the team with the best record and nobody's going to say
3: a word. Right. Telling you, it does, it doesn't always have button. to be conflicting agendas. You know what I mean? Like, the 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 player can get what he wants, and the team can get what he wants. Doesn't have to be an either or. In uh, what some might call the end of the player empowerment era, I tend to disagree. But that's a different conversation for a different day. My main man, Vinny Goodwill. Appreciate the good word, brother man. Thanks for joining me from Media Day. My man, boots on the ground, Vinny Goodwill. Talk to you later, brother. Be good. Appreciate you. That. Kurt Healing, it feels like it has been forever since you and I caught up, <laughs> uh, but it feels like just yesterday um, that the NBA season ended with the Nuggets taking the title. But here we are, Media Day. You are joining us uh, from Playa Del Rey from Clippers Media Day. Uh, lots to talk about with the Clippers, lots to talk about around the association. Uh, but let's start where you are. Who's not there who it doesn't seem like is going to be there anytime soon, if at (laughs) all. And who also was not in attendance at Sixers media day. And that is one James Harden. Uh, Are we going to be held hostage uh, collectively as James Harden seems to be being held hostage by Daryl Morey in Philadelphia? How long is this going to drag on? Uh,
2: How uncomfortable does he want to make it like, I don't know that it's bad for us because I feel like you and I should just go make some popcorn and sit there and watch this because it's. I mean, you saw you saw the, the video from from his party, right? Like where he's got the club holding up signs where Daryl Morey's a liar, like at signs in the club lately. Like, hmm. isn't he going to make this a complete cluster? Like it's just going then to be. Why not show
3: up? But then why not show up to media day? Like if you really want, like we know <laughs> I, James Harden could yeah. do that. Why
2: didn't he just show up? make it even more uncomfortable. I I think he's got to eventually, eventually he has to. The problem is he can't just hold out because the way the CBA runs, if he holds out for 30 days, once the season starts, he actually loses his free agency leverage. He actually is Mm. at some point he's got to show up, but I think he can show up partway through camp. And I don't know, man, I don't know if he's going to break the fat suit out again. Like, (laughs) I think it's going to be, (laughs) I think it's got to be one of those situations. I will tell you that they're not talking about him here. And everybody I've talked to, not just here, but like around the league is like, there's just zero traction. Like nobody wants to step into this and take him on right now. So unless Daryl Morey wants to trade him for like a rack of shoot around basketballs, like there's just not an offer.
3: Okay. So either he shows up and plays or he shows up and
2: plays. Yeah. Sounds like. <laughs> so, yeah, sounds like I, those, those it are the might options be, here. It might be. It, he might not have a choice, but he can do that and just make it uncomfortable, so uncomfortable that they will take a crappy deal. And the Clippers – look, the Clippers would love to have him in. He'd be a good fit, and there's probably okay. some other places we could come up with. Like, they take him, but nowhere near the price Daryl Morey wants to trade him for. Like, you can – one first-round pick and, and some – they're not going to give up Terrence Mann. Like, it's just going to be yeah. some flotsam. Like, it's just going to be filler, and that's mm. not – that sets that that sets Philadelphia back because you've got Joel Embiid needs to win a ring, right? He even said today, man, I, I'm here. I want to win. I'm I'm. This is about winning for me. It's all about winning. If you you can't just like park for a year, right? You can't yeah. just like this. You can't take a gap year with jo, Joel Embiid right now.
3: Right. No, because the Sixers are getting close to if they aren't already in the position that the Bucs were in with Giannis when they got Drew Holiday. Yeah. And again, this off season. Um but back to Harden for a second. Is it, is it Clippers or bus? Because I, I could have sworn there was some talk about Miami. What Harden being a fallback option for Miami. If in fact, as it turned out, Damian Lillard didn't end up on South beach. So could
2: Miami get in the mix? I think they could. I would th- be, that would be an interesting mix. Like would, uh, what does that trade look like they're going to have to you have to send kyle lowry out to match salaries um mm. would they put tyler hero in there they've got some other guys that they could throw in like but again you're going to get lowball like i don't know if they throw tyler hero in like why give up caleb martin caleb martin looked good in the yeah. finals right like in the playoffs like i don't right now the offers are going to be such it's, crap <laughs> Daryl right. stuck man it's like and it's yeah not a i mean culture what, what, would fit. You, I also by the way, when, you yeah, team, like, do you want him on your yeah. team, Michael? Do you want him on your I team? I don't want him on. Personally,
3: I don't want James Harden on any of my teams. Not, not, yeah. And listen, he's talented, but I don't want to pay him what he's making or be in the same situation at every team. It always ends badly with James Harden. It's going to yeah. end prematurely, as in first round, maybe second round, and it's going to end badly. That no 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 ifs ands or buts about yeah. it. So no, I don't want those problems, especially for what yeah. he costs. Having said that, yeah, Miami, it just doesn't feel like the right fit from a culture and a chemistry standpoint. Yeah. Well, so there, yeah, there's some club owners like who, there's like some Chuck. club
2: owners in Miami who can make a killing, but yeah. Um, That's fair. But the Clippers, though. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, but
3: I, I guess I guess it does make sense for the Clippers. Like, if it's going to make sense for anybody, it does for the Clippers, and maybe they know it. Or if they're not I'm, careful, I'm, they end yeah. up like Miami with their tail between their legs, with, like they like Miami did with Damian Lillard, thinking that, oh, it's going to be us and nobody else. The, the team doesn't have any other leverage.
2: I'm here because of that. Because, like, my whole preseason series, our whole preseason series is is a thing of, like, you got to come up with a better name than this. But it's essentially make it or break it or, or do or die, right? That like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to come that up works. with an end of the shot cloth. Block, like pass or shoot doesn't work. I'm still trying to come up with the right one. But the idea is like for the <laughs> okay. Clippers, the Clippers, it's now or never, right? Like they've got yeah. to make. The, you want to extend Paul George? So yes, and I think Miami—that's the one reason it could work because I, I, they're I, a very much a that. win now team. Yeah, it's I coming Wednesday. Now knock on wood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's works. the idea. It's, don't, it's don't overthink now no, it. Now or never. Don't overthink it. Yeah. No, yeah, overthink it. Okay. Don't overthink
3: it. Yeah, yeah. And that's coming from an overthinker. Don't overthink it. Like, just go with now or never. It works. It works. All it right. works. So
2: we're to uh, So the now or never series is gonna be just that though. And, and this is, Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee's on their t- uh, You know, t- Timberwolves. A whole bunch of teams. That's that's part of the reason we're doing it. There's a whole lot of make it. You know, do or die. No, now or never. Teams this year. And the Clippers are like. 1a man uh who's 1b oh i don't know there's so many um philadelphia has got to be there though i mean we're talking mm-hmm. about them there I've, I've got them later in the summer because i want to see how the harden or later in the camp because i want to see how harden plays out but that clock's ticking with Joel beat isn't it
3: yeah it, it definitely is yeah. it's, it seems like he's gonna he's gonna force the issue sooner rather than later all right um Still got to unpack what's happened that's transpired over the last few days uh, with Damian Lillard and then with Drew Holiday. Uh, let's go reverse chronological order because I think when Damian Lillard uh, landed with Giannis and the Bucks, it felt like, well, the Eastern Conference is, is Milwaukee's to lose. Appreciate yeah. Drew Holiday, but they, but they upgraded offensively big time with Damian Lillard. Then the Celtics say, okay, we'll raise you and we'll go get Drew Holiday. So yeah.
2: who do you like better? Boston or Milwaukee, as we sit here here and now? I, it's funny. I was texting with somebody this morning and trying to come up. Like I'm torn a little bit, but I'm going to lean Boston. I mean, what Boston did, they had to do because you remember the, the Celtics traded away Marcus Smart this summer to Memphis, where, by yep. the way, I like that fit. Like That's a good cultural fit. They need a guy like that in the locker room. But trade away Marcus Smart, bring in Chris Porzingis. Well, welcome to Damian Lillard pick and roll all day long. No no offense to Derek White, who fights hard to get over screens and is a pretty good defender, but I'm going to torture Porzingis in the pick and roll, right? Like, I'm going to go at him. Mm. Drew Holiday helps negate that. He is maybe the best in the league at getting over picks. He is a really physical defender. He is one of the handful of best perimeter defenders in the league, so, like, yeah. Now you've got somebody. You, they they had to make a move like this to match up with, with Damian Lillard because I'm with you. It was like, oh wow, guess yeah, so You know, it's, we're going to be in Milwaukee in June. Now it's like, well, it's really close between those teams, isn't it? I mean, are they both are they both better than Denver now?
3: Ugh. You know, it's funny you say that. Are they both better than Denver? The easy answer, and I think the right answer, Kurt, is no. Because Denver yeah, has the best player in the world and the best duo in the league based off of what we just witnessed, a historic finals yeah. run by Jokic and Murray. But the reason I say it's the easy answer and the simple answer because I was thinking about this whole best duo conversation. Because when it happened, I was like, oh, name me a better duo. I'll wait. Name me a better duo than Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'll wait. And then everybody come out with the, oh, how about the one, you know, that won four championships in, 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 in Golden State? Or how about the one that just, you know, put up numbers never before seen in the finals in, in Denver? It's like, well, okay. Sure and maybe they're the better duos because Damian Lillard and the Greek freak never got a chance to play together. Now that they do, it's called a projection. It's called a prognostication. Mm -hmm. Kurt, some of us like to call things before we actually see (laughs) it, and everybody's saying the same damn thing. Some of us, our minds are blown by two 30-point scorers joining forces and complementing each other as perfectly as these two guys do. What was your original question? Oh yeah. what, what, by the what, way what, you may, you what, nail, you what, nailed what, that what?
2: point. Giannis and and Lillard mesh. Like they their game is don't get in the way of each other at all, no. right? Like no. Lillard Lillard forces this. By the way, that two man pick and roll, it's like they didn't they ran it some with Middleton when they won the title. That two man like Giannis is a roll guy with Middleton on the weak side. Middleton's now yeah. your third best option. Dude, how do you defend that? They're going to be impossible to stop this
3: year. You, you asked me if they were better than Denver. Um, I mean, look, I'm not taking anything away from the Nuggets. I was, And you and I both, we were yeah. Nuggets guys throughout their entire process, okay? And, and and Jokic guys throughout his entire journey to the top of the mountain. Look, man, Milwaukee, if Giannis isn't hurt, and if it was the fifth, we'd all be drunk, and if my aunt, yeah. you know, the rest. If Giannis isn't hurt... Do they lose to Miami again? Maybe, maybe not. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things that went yeah. wrong in that series for yeah. them. So I still think Giannis is in the conversation for best player in the world with apologies to oh, yeah. Nicola Jokic. And you add Damian Lillard with Brooke Lopez, uh, and Chris Middleton, uh, and and Bobby Portis. I mean, coaching we think will be better. We hope. That's the big unknown in Milwaukee. Yeah, we that's, think will be better from a question. Co- that's pro- right more than talent I think is coaching in Milwaukee at this point probably I think the same could be said for Boston there are some questions yeah. still about Boston's bench. Boston bench in both ways Boston let's get back to that Boston's depth on the bench and who's calling the shots from the bench I think are both still questions for
2: Boston outstanding question absolutely look Boston I think might have the best six and I think where Denver falls a little bit is Bruce Brown is gone man think. <laughs> That, that one stings, because he's, yeah. he's making the steal at the end of game five. He is so key to them in the playoffs, so that one stings. Um, they, I mean, good for him. He got paid. Everybody kind of thanked him on the way out the door. It wasn't acrimonious, but man, yeah. Um, I think Boston has a great six, but mm. I'm curious if they become the place people want to go now, like off the buyout market or you know, uh, Reggie Bullock just got bought out. Like, are those the kind of guys that they can get now to come in? Because you're like, man, I can get a ring there. Like, more yeah. than the Lakers, more than some of the places that are always draws. Like, I think Boston could get some of those guys now. Because you're right, after those six, after their first six, Horford, I assume, comes off the bench, it's a pretty big drop-off. Nothing against Peyton Pritchard and Sam Hauser and all those guys, but it's a pretty big drop-off.
3: I mean, you're right that they had to answer. They had to go get a Drew Holiday, and, and, and Drew Holiday is – is a great get for them. I I hate losing time, Lord. I, I really hate, Ooh, if you're the Celtics, yeah. I hate losing Robert Williams. It's like, you got to give up something to get something, but that that's, you talk about stings, like that, that's that's going to yeah, sting, yeah. And, and I don't love their depth, even though I know Brad Stevens talked about people that people aren't talking about have impressed them internally, and maybe that depth will develop uh, from within, but it just, if they feel really, yeah, really... Yeah top heavy and i don't like their interior defense as much as i did a couple of days ago perimeter defense is better no. so maybe it won't matter
2: Porzingis is big i think you're you're banking a lot on forzingus and being healthy and by the way i i've kind of wondered this too i think i put it out there on uh what's x now not twitter whatever we're calling it this week um does time lord by the end of the season supplant deandre ayton in phoenix I don't, and maybe he doesn't start games. You mean in, man, you mean in Portland? Man, I'd rather close. I, yeah. Does he, does Oh, he I start? mean in Portland. Did I say Phoenix? I mean in Portland. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I might not start games with him, but I might, cl- I might rather close games with Robert Williams over DeAndre Aiden. It can be interesting.
3: Yeah. Well, what, well, speaking of Portland, that is an interesting question. Also, is Portland done? I mean, I saw, I saw, oh, I saw no. Cronin had some comments about, about wanting Malcolm Brogdon uh, to still be a part of this. They they needed his intangibles, uh, veteran leadership for this young roster. Does Brogdon stay put, or is he on the move uh, to, I don't know, to the heat, to the Clippers, where you
2: are? He's on the move somewhere. It might be closer to the deadline. There's a lot of, his value, remember, the Clippers pulled out of a deal to get him this summer after looking at his medicals with the elbow, so he might have Uh-oh. to play a little and prove, hey, I can do this. Like, I'm still good at, you know. But if he can do that, I, I would be – let's put it this way. The deadline is February whatever it is. 15th, I didn't look this year. 15th usually around there. I'd be surprised if he's in Portland after that because some team is going to need point guard depth or guard depth. And, Rogan's well, the sixth man of the year, man. It's not like, it's not like he's chopped liver out here. Yeah, um, I, wait a minute. I just
3: realized I didn't get your who's who's the best duo in the league right now in your mind. I get. I had my rant. I, see, I didn't get your vote.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I would have to go with Dame and Giannis, even though we haven't seen it yet. Just as with all due respect to Jokic and Murray, like I just think that they complement each other so well that it's just I don't know how you stop that duo. So I think that's the best twosome. Uh, Brown and Tatum are probably. In that mix i'd have to think about if i'm missing somebody lebron and ad if Uh, you have a lebron and
3: durant booker uh is there in the conversation Durant booker would be
2: durant bookers close lebron and ad man i need a delorean with a flux capacitor in the back like five years ago yes right now i'm not quite sold um yeah i'm still gonna go i'm still gonna go lillard and Giannis. i just think that is such an unstoppable force, and Giannis at the peak of his powers. And Dame was a—he's yeah, he's thirty-three. Scored thirty points a game last year. <laughs> I mean, and I love Jamal
3: Murray. I, I mean, like, let's say, yeah, this is how I would do it. Again, we can't, we can't go off of what they've done together because they never played together. It's just a projection, right? It's, it's, yeah, you know. But I love Jamal Murray. I really do. I'm not taking Jamal Murray over Damian Lillard, you know. Nope. And I think, I uh, think Jokic and Giannis kind of cancel each other out for the most part. You know, edge to Jokic because of what he just did, you know, on the biggest stage, but Giannis got one of those. It's not like we haven't seen Giannis do that. It's not like it was not that that long ago where Giannis didn't do in the finals what Jokic just did. Maybe not to the same extent, maybe not in the same way, but Giannis was the de facto best player in the world until Jokic took that mythical crown with his playoff run. I mean, so it's like but in, in a vacuum, it's not a slam dunk that Jokic is better than Giannis. For me, it's a slam dunk. I'm taking Lillard over Jamal Murray. Much as I love me some Jamal Murray, I'm taking Damian Lillard. So you put those two together, yeah. to me, you got the best duo in my, in my mind. The duo that you yeah. are covering right now, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, now or never. Yeah, <laughs> are these, how, now or never. I guess with, with, that, with that duo, how much are they going to play together is the question.
2: We know they're good when they do play together. How yeah. much are they actually going to see the court together? i, I That's the million-dollar question. Um, they didn't bring – I mean, that's where Harden or somebody like Brogdon at least helps because Harden, for whatever you want to say about his game and decline and, and what's coming, and not wanting to pay him in the future, been durable. Been durable mm. over the course of his career. Played plenty. That's the million-dollar question. And, by the way, it got asked. It got – you know, it, it was asked about – why Leonard, hey, like, hey. Even the league's trying to get push, you know, the player participation stuff, trying to get people to play. And after he's like, I don't know what the policy is, and somebody explains it to him, because No league policy is going to make people play more or less, man. I want to play. If I can play, I'll play. But it's going to be my body's going to tell me type of thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, are they really? I, I just let's put it this way, Michael. I'm off the Clipper bandwagon. I'm just off it. Um, i I'll, yeah, on paper, sure, but I just. As much as I, it's on paper, I just don't believe they're going to get there, especially in the West now that with Denver at the top, Phoenix looking like they can challenge them. The mm. Warriors and the Lakers are both in the, if our guys are healthy mode, like they're probably better. Like that's. I don't think I can lean into the Clippers anymore, man. I did that last year. I'm out. I'm off. I'm off.
3: Yeah. Get off that. Roller coaster. Get off that narcotic, man. Um, last thing <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned the Warriors. Like, one storyline I'm already tired of, and I blame CP3, who I who I put on for over the years. I'm really tired of this CP3 role uh, conversation about starting, coming off the bench. Like, yeah. bro, you ain't starting. Well, first of all, he may start, <laughs> Out of necessity, you know what I mean. If some of these older guys miss games, yeah, you know exactly. There's there's Draymond Green, but like that whole conversation about like his role. It's like, yo, you're trying to get what they got four times over. Why was that, or even is that, still a a, a discussion about Chris Paul's role when he's just trying to be along yeah. for the ride? When you when you jumping on on their bandwagon,
2: you don't get to take the wheel unless, unless asked no. to do so and what you need him for what has hurt them even the last year when they won the title the last title victory they were negative their point differential was negative Steph curry minutes. when curry was off the floor Steph it's curry got to be, it. you, he, if chris paul even this chris paul whose game has slipped a little he just makes them better and that's what you need right so it's just yeah he's i think he's mentally got to get there and and like you said yeah. With Draymond's ankle thing, he's going to miss the first weeks of the season. So that lets you ease into it a little bit. Sure. But I think he's just got to accept it. He's just got to accept it. Because what are you going to yeah. do, bench Looney? You, it would just be a no, shame start, if, this came, if, yeah. it, if
3: this was actually an issue. Like, in, in the grand scheme, yeah. like we're too old for this. That's, that's, literally, we all, yeah. we're too old for this. We're too old to be having conversations about who starts when it's
2: far more important who closes games. Yeah, and, and he's going to close some. It's going to depend on matchups. But at the end of the day, that five-man unit for the Warriors is really good, and they just need you to get, man, come in, play your role, do this Chris Paul six-man-of-the-year votes coming, and just go with right. it, man. Just just jump
3: in both ways. You are still one of the greatest point guards of all time, regardless of whether or oh not God. you started yeah. for the Golden State Warriors in 2023. What are we talking about?
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: Uh, it yeah, is always we're not knocking you down a pleasure.
2: On, yeah, he's, he's not going in yeah. on the second ballot at the Hall of Fame now, man.
3: No, no, he's still, he's still, no. he's still, he's still behind the velvet rope. He's still in the conversation. He's still in the club. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother, man. Thank you so much, Kurt. Enjoy uh, the now or never tour. <laughs> the now or never tour. I think I'm leaning into that now. I think that that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. Get- it'll be good. Whatever you, you call it, it'll be great. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Be good. <laughs> Take it.
3: Charles, say the Texans had ended up with the first overall pick of the 2023 NFL draft. Would they have for sure taken CJ Stroud or would they have taken Bryce Young like the Panthers did at number one?
5: Well, they're going to tell you they would have taken Stroud. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. He was always it. their guy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. I mean, and and through the first four weeks of the season, you know, there's credence to that being the argument. I. Who knows? I mean, look, I I can tell you this. They had a high grade on on Bryce Young. There's zero question about that. And I think they felt like uh, either of those players landing in their laps at number two would have been um, absolutely fine with them. But I do think, you know, given what C.J. Stroud has done through the first four games of the season, um, they've got their got. They've got the, you know, perfection. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they, exactly what they were looking at, you know, uh, at that number yeah. two pick, you know, being a franchise changer, someone who could make them viable um, in the AFC South immediately. That's what Stroud's been. I, I, I think it's stunning the start he's off to. I did not expect this. Yeah. I live here. I saw him in the preseason and yep. I did not see this coming.
3: Well, I will say I will I won't I won't pat myself on the back. I will. rub my back ever so slightly. I thought he could be the best of the big three just Mm -hmm. based on the passer that he was. He was the most prototypical as much as a pocket passer a traditional big arm pocket passer remains the prototype in the modern NFL. One would argue that Anthony Richardson is more the modern prototype than C.J. Stroud but nonetheless I thought Stroud because of his pedigree and his performance combined with his measurables could be the best of the three. But I never imagined that he'd be off to one of the best starts in NFL history, especially given all the narratives that worked against him. In no particular order. Um uh, Ohio State. How many good quarterbacks have come out of Ohio State? Right. Uh his offensive line in Houston, which has been banged up all season. Yep. No weapons to speak of, especially compared to what he had at Ohio State. Uh not a runner. And as you uh, addressed in your latest for Yahoo Sports, the good old S2 test. He had so many narratives working against him coming into the season. You and I, uh, not only were we wrong, everybody but the Texans was wrong about C.J. Stroud, it seems like.
5: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny because, as you said, those narratives, I mean, I think it went even beyond that. It was when you would talk to evaluators they would say, look at all the clean pockets at Ohio state like mm. what's he going to do mm. when he's facing these these dirty pockets and when you talk to people who were leaning into CJ Stroud they would go just just put on the Georgia tape okay like let's just go yeah. ahead and put on the Georgia tape watch we, him play uh, against we
3: thought that shut everybody up that was that's, that was his that was his moment
0: you don't as funky
5: as your last cut right yeah but i mean look let, let's uh, let's go ahead and foreshadow the 2024 NFL draft. Okay. Caleb Williams is going to get nitpicked, okay? Caleb Williams yeah, is, is going to have people talking about his clean pockets and, you know, yeah. there's – too short. Drake, yeah, Drake <laughs> May. I mean, every, every all these quarterbacks, the, you know, Brock yeah. Bowers, the, you know, all everything tight end at George is too short. And, I mean, all these players, we're, yeah. they're going to get negged, right? They're all going to get negged as we get into the draft process. C.J. Stroud was no different. I think for me, though – what really um changed the narrative for cj stroud in that draft process was when that s2 information came out right like you mm-hmm. you started here mid to late april we had been talking about this cognitive um you know uh test that was supposedly taking over uh for the okay. wonder we heard all about oh this is why brock purdy's good and other players aren't and all these different things and then stroud this percentage to the percentile gets leaked out there the alleged 18th percentile um, whereas I think Bryce Young was like 98th percentile right and I, I don't know if you, I mean we might have talked about it privately whatever I'll share it now I remember there were people who said to me like they didn't even think he finished the test they were just like yeah there's no mm-hmm. way there's no way that guy scored mm-hmm. in the 18th percentile they're like he just didn't finish the test something happened clearly mm-hmm. there maybe he didn't want to do it maybe he took it on a, on a rough day who knows um, but they, they said it just didn't fit for everything that you saw him accomplish at Ohio State, for everything that he brought to the table, you know, I had people who were like, "You're watching him. It's not like he's not reading defenses. He's reading defenses. Yeah. He's got a quick release. Yeah. He can navigate the pocket. He's calm. He's developed. He's played against NFL caliber players. They're like, and we're all going to lean into this test now. And there were even some ki- conspiracy theorists after the NFL draft in personnel departments who suggested." Mm-hmm. Did the Texans leak that score? Did the Texans put that out there because they oh. wanted to make sure he was so, there for so, that number three? So not the teams
3: drafted later that wanted him to slip. The Texans wanted to make sure that the Panthers I mean, didn't take it was him a, one.
5: It was, it was a was I,
3: I mean, the only, the only greater juxtaposition in their size was the, the S2 test between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, who I want to touch on Bryce Young with you in a moment, but staying with Stroud for a second. The other thing that's interesting is which narratives we choose uh, to attach ourselves to, or in this case, which pieces of the puzzle we choose to focus on. Because if you want to talk about tests within the pre-draft process, I know Anthony Richardson broke the combine in terms of vertical, in terms of 40, in terms of physical testing, and he he threw some some bombs. But nobody had a better combine than CJ Stroud. Granted, Bryce Young didn't participate, but in terms (laughs) of just throwing the football, placing the football – he put on an absolute show, but it got overshadowed because Anthony Richardson is a freak show. So why didn't yeah, anybody think, make a big deal out of that? To, out of his combine, out of Stroud's combine. You know why? Because he just did what we saw him do for years at Ohio State, which is put the ball wherever he wanted to put it. But Mike, it's a ceiling
5: league, right? Isn't it a ceiling league? Yeah, and and yeah. The, the, so many evaluators upside. Fall <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They're yeah. they're so they're looking at C.J. Stroud and they're saying, and even Bryce Young to to some. Um, To a point and saying ceiling, you know, like like I hear a lot about Alabama players like I'll hear scouts and general managers will tell me, you know, in in different language, but they're getting to the same point. There's not a ton of upside in Alabama players. They're right. pro players. That's the in best college. they're going to be. Yeah. 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 They're gonna, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're at like the 90 to 95% development point. We're not going to get ton, yeah. you know a ton more out of their game. And, oh, go look at the majority of Alabama players that come in the NFL. They'll be good. But none of them explode on the NFL level. Or very few of them really uh, were not realized in college. Well, C.J. Stroud, I think there was some of that. It was, you mm. know, played quite a bit played to that ceiling, like how much better can he get? Whereas they looked at Anthony right. Richardson. And said, this guy, <laughs> like this guy's just scratching the surface. He could be all world when it's all said and done. C.J. job. Yeah, maybe he turns into great players, pocket passer, you know, prototypical kind of guy that we've seen throughout the years that the, the league may, you know, less so at the quarterback position. Now it's, it's a more versatile position than it's ever been. But over Decades and decades and decades, CJ Stroud was ultimately going to be your guy. Um mm-hmm. I mean, there, look, there were a multitude of reasons why I think people were banging on him. But let's be honest, he went second. I mean, for all the crap we were <laughs> right. hearing and everything, he still right. went to. So he went to, came out of the box, This had a brilliant first four games. And you know, that's the player that gets drafted second overall. I think the the juxtaposition now is just that when we talked about that S2 score, which clearly I think now we can say was probably blown out of proportion. The ranking was, well, Bryce Young's at the top, and Anthony Richardson was second, and C.J. Stroud was third, and then now we're just flipping it. It's like C.J. Stroud's on the best rookie quarterback, Richardson's a close second, and Bryce Young is struggling, you know, in, in Carolina. Uh, the, the draft process is I swear, sometimes it's just made to drive us insane. I know. I, really,
3: I know. I still love it, though. I still love it. Uh, this is why a lot of people hate it, but I still enjoy it. We got too much time on our hands the problem. Too much time to make up stuff and, and to start to spread, uh, you know, innuendo and whatnot. All right. So, Texans got a guy. And look, you're right, he, he, he went two. But nobody thought he would be historically good his first four games out. But small sample size. But I want to talk about the Texans. We talked last week about uh dolphins twitter and 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 how you know they deserve to have their day in the sun. Um uh, every fan base is unique obviously but there's something really special about the Texans fan base, right? Uh and rightfully so. Um you know they their team has been banged on quite a bit over the years. And I and I, I go back to the end of the Bill O'Brien era and they go four and twelve in 2020. That's the year O'Brien got fired. They go four and thirteen. They go three thirteen and one, and they go through David Culley. They go through Lovey Smith, and a lot of criticism, including from yours truly, about neither of those guys being truly set up to succeed by that organization. A lot of criticism directed toward Nick Casario. Uh, there was the there were the Josh McCown whispers. Uh, there was the Jack Easterby shadow general manager storyline i uh, an missing era. anything. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and, and yet here we are. Oh, and, and if you want to go back to the Deandre Hopkins trade, ju- it has just been for the last several years and to say nothing of the Deshaun Watson mess. Oh, by the way, bury that the Deshaun Watson mess. It has been for the most part, a laughing stock stock of a franchise the last several years. And yet here they are grinning from ear to ear. If you're a Texans fan or a part of the organization, because is there a chance they make a run in another AFC South title, which they have not won since 2019, given the state of the rest of that division? Because Jacksonville doesn't look awesome. They
5: don't look like the Jags that ended last
3: season right now.
5: Well, and they beat the Jags on the road. I mean, they beat the Jags in their house, exactly. right? It was a yeah. it was a impressive win. It wasn't like it was a fluke. And by the way, let's not forget, um, may he rest in peace, Bob McNair inmates running the prison. I mean, that was not exactly yes. a great yes. uh, point in, in Houston, Texas history. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I feel for the fan base. I live here. You know, they've clearly been through it the last several years, and especially when you have a situation where, you know, Watson pre-off-the-field, you know, courtroom drama and, and lawsuit drama, um, th- this city was in love with Deshaun Watson and to be rejected by a quarterback who obviously is rejecting ownership at that time and again we're this is all pre we can we're, we're talking about from a football uh standpoint yeah when he the just requested a trade right, this is right. pre-sexual assault allegations
3: he requested right. a trade and right. sat out an entire season, an entire season. <laughs> yeah. And,
5: yeah yeah and the, and the, and you so you have a fan base that feels rejected you know because they mm. the, like anyone they want they want to be accepted. They want to, you know, part of the reason why Detroit loves Dan Campbell is because Detroit feels like Dan Campbell loves them. That's what that's what some fan bases want from their football team. So I think they went through it from that standpoint, feeling like we can't get out of our own way. We had a good thing going here, and it all fell apart in the worst possible way. So for it to turn around like this, in fairly quick fashion, okay? Like, I mean, when and you they got oh.
3: The- and I forgot, not only did they hit on CJ Stroud, like D'Amico Ryan's homecoming, Team that drafted yeah. him. Looked right. like they got yeah. a pretty damn head coach. They cycled through head coaches. Looked like they landed on a pretty damn good one. I'm
5: sorry. I didn't want to forget about him. No. And I, and I would say that's really where this started. I truly believe. It. Like, to me, I think the first, you know, we'll see. Like, let's get through a, a larger portion of Nick Casario's tenure because now it feels like it's going in the right place as, from a general manager perspective. But we saw them make. Decisions with the head coaching spot where we're like, what the hell are they doing? When they went and got D'Amico Ryans, you felt, I think, based on our private conversations, I felt, I think people across the league said, hey, they made the right choice here. They went and got a coach that league-wide is respected, connects to the roots of the program, brings a mentality to the table that, by the way, as much as we're talking about C.J. Stroud, go and watch okay watch Sunday's game defensively against the Pittsburgh Steelers like Man, they're a lot of the playing, football like, yes <laughs> they play they like are, San Francisco <laughs> they are playing like they're on fire like they're, they they yeah. are the, just the absolute physical mentality it it yeah. reminds me of what Robert Sala sticks into the Jets right his his passion his emotion just the, his ability to get guys up defensively to go you're seeing that in Houston now. But I do think, you know, as much as we want to talk about Stroud, um, Will Anderson, a number of the, you know, things that they've done right. Will Stroud Anderson. telling them, to, Stroud telling them, draft tank Dell. Like I worked yeah. out with this dude, yeah. He's a player. And, you know, you're yeah. like 165 pound wide receiver. And then look, but it really started, I think, with Ryan's and getting, getting back to the fundamentals of what at one point was great about the, the Houston Texans. And Ryan's really stands for that.
3: If you were drafting right now, having said all that, today, small sample size, even smaller mm-hmm. for Richardson because he's been hurt, you're taking Richardson or Stroud first between those two guys?
5: I'm going to take Richardson. I can't. I yeah. I mean, like, I can't. you just, like, just like the outside. <laughs> like, you're, no, you're just okay, talking no, about a okay, ceiling but Mike, league. Mike, 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 the difference, though, is that I've seen him in the NFL. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Betting on an unknown commodity coming out of Florida that I haven't seen stepped on step on an NFL field for me. What now? If you had asked me this before we kicked off in Week One, I would have had a hard time answering either. I'd have been like, "Can I have Bryce Young? Like, please. Like, (laughs) why do I got to take one of these other two guys? I really want Bryce Young." But now that I've seen them all on an NFL field and I've seen them navigate with things break things going wrong mm-hmm. right you, now i know what stroud looks like when neither yeah. of his offensive tackles plays right and that line's jacked mm-hmm. up now i know know what bryce young looks like when his offensive line's jacked up yeah and now you know what looks- richardson
3: can actually throw
5: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like well, all the talk yeah, about richardson him being so throw. raw yeah I, i'm just telling yeah. you one of, one of the and i told you this before i and i'm going to bring this up throughout richardson's career when i talk to a general okay. manager And we we were were coming in the season It was literally right the kickoff week, and I said uh, we were talking about the quarterbacks, and I asked them about Richardson, and I told them about all these people who told me you can't make that guy a top five pick because he's got to play right away and can't be organization. And he said to me, he goes, and again I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but it was along the lines of this. He's like. You know, uh, I watched him go six for 17. He's going to go six for 17 a bunch of other times. It was the most six, most fun six for 17 that I ever watched. <laughs> I don't think he's going to yeah. go six for 17. I think this guy no, is no actually, as long as he doesn't break himself, that's the one thing I'm worried yeah. about is physically, yeah. everybody keeps telling him, you know, you can't play physically at that, you know, the, at, the, at the gear you're playing at and not get hurt. We've seen the concussion. But I, he's got the arm, but it's not just the arm. He's got the arm. He's got the athleticism. But he's he's been decisive. He's thrown it at different angles. He's read things. He's navigated. The, it's just there's so much more there than I expected right out of the gate from him. So yeah. to me, I don't yeah. think I'm I don't think I'm betting as much on stealing the unknown ceiling. Now I'm like, wow. i kind of starting to understand where that ceiling is, and it's exactly where. The the people who loved him most thought it would be AFC
3: South, man. They they,
5: they might have three good what young weird. ones, and I'm, I'm what a weird, yeah. what a weird, what a football is so crazy. It's like, you? know, we yeah. bang on, We're like NFC South sucks. Oh my god, AFC South. Jacksonville's gonna run away with it. Who wants to yeah. watch AFC South football? Like, and then the <laughs> and then the season starts, and we're like, this
0: is crazy. Right. Like, South got <laughs> something to say.
3: Um, I'm going to come back to the AFC South in a second, but let's go to the NFC South and Bryce Young, we touched on a a second ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's early. It's four games, but, I mean, you know, that's all we got to go on is a small sample size. I'm sure the kid, I'm sure the game's not too fast for him. No. But it does literally, literally sometimes feel too big for him. He's already been hurt once, and he took a hit that looked worse than it was. Somebody grabbed right. his, his helmet, it kind of got twisted. It wasn't, a, but every time he gets hit, I hold my breath. Right. Every time he gets hit, because he's, he's not Kyler, like he, Kyler Murray's height, but not his speed and elusiveness.
5: Yeah, he's well, Kyler my, in terms
3: of, Kyler Murray. Murray, for mean, the most part, did a good job of protecting Kyler Murray, ne- never really took big hits. Bryce Young seems right. to get yeah. hit, and it's just like, it scares me when he gets hit and obviously the rest of the supporting cast, the offensive line hasn't been great there again, doesn't have great weapons, which we said the same thing about CJ Stroud. He's figuring it out. Are you at all concerned or is it simply just too early at all concerned about Bryce young, not just because of Bryce young's makeup and measurables, but as we know, it has everything to do with where somebody lands and their circumstances and what, how they get beat up early on. He's got a great coaching staff and accomplished coaching staff. So there's a lot to like about Carolina, but so far, like you said, he's a distant third compared to the other two guys.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, Iki Iquanu, we were told, like, oh, this is going to be the guy who comes and anchors the offensive line, the first-round pick last year, and he's not where they would want him to be at this point. The offensive line's messed up, um, you know, and, and to me, it's not all about physique, but I remember the first time I laid eyes on Kyler in person. And I remember I was like mm. on an NFL field when I went to their camp for the first time. And I was like, wow, he does look small out there. But physically, he was he's he big. was a, he's, he's a compact player. Yeah, he's like, you know, yeah. Russell Wilson, quote, unquote, small. But Russ was always kind of a big, small guy. Yeah. And, and as you said, Kyler, he did. He had that ability to avoid big hits. He was just quick in space. There were things where you're like, okay, I can see. He can avoid some of these hits, whereas Bryce, I don't know if that's the case yet. He's he's thin in a way that when you see him in person, you're like, oh, he is. When you see him out there Mm -hmm. on the field, you're like, if that guy gets hit a lot, you could see injuries coming into play. But again, this goes back to clean pockets, right? Everybody complains clean pockets, clean pockets, clean pockets, Alabama, a lot of clean pockets to be had. Alabama a lot of guys who run open you know in their routes like when it was like when everyone was evaluating Tua they're like I don't know how to evaluate this guy every receiver he has is 5 <laughs> yards open when he throws his ball to him so what the hell am I supposed to make out of this film um and and for the most part he's playing with clean pockets although he takes these massive hits cuz he puts himself in these situations but Alabama that, that evaluation I think is still the same for Bryce um in in terms of you the nfl rookie quarterback experience is all about what you make right that is going wrong okay brock purdy great example one of the greatest things that brock purdy has done in san francisco from the second he got the job was making wrong go right okay Mm. and people would say to me huh well you know iowa state Was not always a lot of clean pockets of Iowa State. You know, there was not, you know, he he dealt with wrong on the college level and often made it right and raised the level of that team. Um, So, you know, you look at Bryce and you're like, how often did he have to make wrong right? It doesn't mean he's not still the player we thought. It doesn't mean he's not going to hold up physically, but you don't want him to go into a situation, as you said, where the surrounding skill position pieces. Lower third, right? The offensive line clearly lower third right now, and it has impacted um, his level of play at this point in the season. I'll just say it's four games in, right? Disclaimer for four all games. these guys: it's four games yeah. in. Who knows how we're going to feel right. in another thirteen? Four games, four games, four games, four
3: games. Okay. Um, does the same thing apply? Now this is different, but but, but use that but use that four game thing against you. Um, back to the AFC South, the fourth AFC South team, the Tennessee Titans, became the second team to hold the Cincinnati Bengals to three points this season. I don't really want to talk about the Titans or disrespect. What's wrong with the Bengals? Just four games, or have they lost the benefit of the doubt? Because it, it feels like something's broken with that team, and
5: I don't know that they even know what it is. I don't think Burrow's healthy. I don't care what anybody says. Just, I don't. Th- I think yeah. he's. I think he is not right physically at all. And I don't think you pull a calf muscle the way that he did. Sit out the amount of time you do in the preseason, potentially re aggravate it. And again, they're kind of playing games with like how bad that really is. And, you know, no one's ever, you and I have covered the league forever. No one ever tells you how bad it really is until February. (laughs) Until we're, you know, until the book comes (laughs) out. Yeah. Until the book comes out or we're at the combine or the owner's meeting. Someone's like, hey, you know you Know he had a yeah, torn calf all year, yeah, right? Yeah, like, oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'll never I'll never <laughs> so forget much for that injury report. I'll never forget sitting at the bar um with someone from the Patriots, and you know, we're sitting there and and he just says to me, Yeah, you know Tom Brady's shoulder was completely destroyed the whole season. And I was like, he was never on the injury report the entire time. I was like, so clearly I would not know that. I think there yeah. is some of that play right now with the Bengals and Burrow. Yeah. And I take my cues from Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is indicating yeah. Burrow's not where he right. needs to be. It'll get he told there. all sit out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did until what? Week five, right? Like he's yeah. that's also concerning. When a wide receiver who's clearly as tight with Burrow as Jamar Chase is comes out in the preseason and says, we, you know, go ahead and sit out until week five. I'm like, it's a specific number, and like, what do you know? And like, it raises but, all but kinds. But not, of
3: but not, not that the devil needs an advocate. But I'm, a, I'm, am I'm am I'm gonna give you one anyway. All right, like, look, man, is it three points twice in four games? Unhealthy though, like, is that the only yeah. issue? I mean, they, they they're not, they're not well. they can't protect him. Is that the no. only?
5: Is it? Is he? No.
3: Is it that bad? You know, like, Off, offensive line, right?
5: They're not running the, yeah. you know, they're not running the football. I mean, there were time ta- people yeah. forget that when. Cincinnati was really clicking. When they were max level Cincinnati, Mixon was running mm-hmm. the ball well. The offensive line was playing mm-hmm. well. Um, everyone was healthy. Chase was healthy. T. Higgins was healthy. T. Higgins, not healthy now, you know? I mean, you had yeah. every, you know, Boyd, everything was clicking, well-oiled, right? And um, now the quarterback's not healthy. The offensive line's not playing well. You're not running the football. Your number two wide receivers banged up. I mean, what do we what do we expect at this point? Like, it doesn't – now, I expect more than three points. I'm not going to lie about that. And yeah, I that's... expect an offense that's more uh, – a little more open than it is right now. It just feels very conservative, feels very close in. We're not seeing a lot of the deep stuff. We're not seeing a lot of the big splash plays that they um, became their bread and butter – Uh, you know, when they're playing at their highest level. But I I just keep drawing the line back to Burrow. I don't think he's where he needs to be for them to, to, you know, play the way that they have in the past. And and if, and if we're looking for more explanations,
3: they also haven't had a favorable schedule in terms of opponents. Browns defense is good. Ravens division opponent. They're always, you know, good on defense. Rams know this team. Well, obviously they're competitive on defense. And the Titans, especially against the run and up front, Titans are pretty solid. Not that that's an excuse, but you know, maybe it's maybe it's four games, but it's it's getting late early, as uh as they say, um you know, one in three holes aren't easy to dig your way out of when your quarterback is clearly compromised. Okay, um, last week we spent a lot of time talking about uh, the Bears, and you wrote about uh, the convergence of winless teams. Uh, In the history of 0-4 teams receiving the number one overall pick since those Houston Texans back in 2 were awarded the number one overall pick. More than 70% of the number one overall picks have gone to 0-4 teams. Mm -hmm. So now here the Chicago Bears sit with (laughs) both picks attached to 0-4 teams, their own, and the Carolina Panthers. Plot twist, though. Justin Fields looked like who we thought Justin Fields would, would look like against, against the Broncos. So do we, do we pump the Caleb Williams to Chicago, Justin Fields to elsewhere talk after his performance against the Broncos defense that gave him 70 points last week? Or is Caleb Williams still in play for one of those top two picks? Or do the Bears I, – I, I, where is this all going? Not that the Bears have the inside track. They got two lottery balls, so to speak. They got the inside track on the number
5: one pick. Where's this going? How many more times can the Bears play the Denver Broncos defense? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> Let's start there. Uh look, if this if that is the Justin Fields that we get the rest of the season, then I don't think you have to move off that guy. Okay. Because like he's again, it was the dynamic making plays off script. The I thought the mm. touchdown that he threw. Which was essentially at the goal line, right? We're like, okay, he's going to run it in. This is what he does. Oh yeah, and he yeah. Stops right at the line of scrimmage, and he throws that little, you know, pop pass into yeah. the end zone. I think it was what I think it was Command. I, I don't remember who caught it, but it, it was yeah. it was one of those plays where we're like, oh, he's yeah. Caleb Williams esque. Yeah, and if that, I mean, if that's the player we get, you know, from fields the rest of the season, right? If that's if that is the starting point now, right? If that is putting your foot in the ground and you're developing him out from this point on and he is that version, then I don't think you have to take Caleb Williams number one overall, even if you get the pick. Now, I would also argue if we get that Fields, the number one overall pick probably isn't going to be Chicago's pick. You know, like, I mean, maybe Carolina's slot. Yeah. But if that 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 Justin Fields to me. Makes the Bears a more competitive team. Now, again, it was against the Denver Broncos' defense has been horrible. We know all that. Um, but let, there's really two ways you can look at this. If if Fields is what we thought he could be, you're in a great position because you now have a quarterback that, look, if you want to move off him, someone's going to come with an offer, right? He's going to be a viable trade uh, right. uh prospect for you. If you want to keep him and you have the number one overall pick, whether it's yours or Carolina's. This is the year to have that pick, whether you want to take a quarterback or trade it, because there will be a lot of assets to move in that number one overall spot. I would argue we're not talking about two first round picks. We're not. I mean, we're talking about three first round picks, maybe players, the biggest draft bounty you could think of to move into the number one overall slot. That's what it ultimately represents for for the Chicago Bears. So it's just all about are you going to get the fields? who showed up against mm-hmm. Denver, or was that a product of Denver? Was it a product of, you know, Fields playing better, but Denver also being terrible? Now we have yeah. to calculate what the Bears are working with moving forward with Fields.
3: And that's if Caleb Williams comes out. Oh, I'm saying that on. to troll you. On, I've Because I, I saw you going back and forth on Twitter. Um, Charles, me it's not about whether or not the team is good enough my point is not about whether the bears or, or shit show or whoever gets the number one pick. Cause that's why you got the number one pick. That's not my point. My point is as much financial sense as it may make for him to leave USC, which he probably does odds are he does, but as much financial sense as it makes for him to start his rookie contract and get NFL money, the fact that he has NIL money with, there's a precedent at USC. I don't. I don't know that Matt Liner was the lock to be number one that people thought he was as a junior. He went number ten when he did come out. But dude, like these dudes love being in LA at, at USC. He, Caleb Williams just strikes me as the kind of guy that just says, "No, nah, I just I, I just want to do what I want to do. Damn, what y'all think I should do?" And I feel okay. like staying in college. That's all. So that's all a, I'm saying. It wouldn't so shock to, me
5: if he just decided to, to buck the trend. Go to the NFL. Buy a mansion in LA. <laughs> In the I'm Hollywood. Not Hill, what he do. In, in, you are in saying Malibu, there's no chance that he doesn't no.
3: come out. Is that okay, what you're telling what. me? There's no yes, chance?
5: That's what, 100%. Okay. 100%. Let's, let's,
3: okay. All right. Clip,
5: okay. clip this. Clip this. Monday, October 2nd. Okay. Okay. 147 Eastern. There is no yep. chance to tell Caleb Williams stays okay. at USC. And okay. I will give real quick. Number one yep. injury, right? The injury issue you could go yes. back i don't care i don't care what your insurance policy looks like it's it, the magnitude of risk with an injury is insane number 2 nil money I don't know, man. Do NFL players. It's a drop in the bucket by comparison. But, you know, but do NFL players make NIL money? I feel like NFL players o- might occasionally, make. NIL... Occasionally. Wait, occasionally, is, is, yeah. Is Travis Kelsey making NIL money right now in <laughs> the NFL? The 78 <laughs> yeah. Travis Kelsey commercials I saw last <laughs> night. I'm pretty sure NFL players make yeah. that NIL money, right? Okay. Number three. Number three. Your free agency clock starts earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Number four. Number four. You're not playing what is essentially, other than NIL money, free football. You don't have to go to class. You don't have to do all this other stuff. You could take ballroom dancing. You don't don't have to walk around (laughs) campus. You don't have to do, like, as much as he might like LA and the USC experience, trust me, Mm -hmm. he will like the NFL more, okay? He will. I can
3: promise. Okay.
5: The the hotels are better. The cars are better. (laughs) The, 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 Affection is
3: is better. Like, the, oh, oh, that's the true. That's what you call it—the affection. <laughs> the affection. I like how you put that. I like that's a good I'm word. Saying, that's, that's a good, don't, clean, don't, neutral word. Taylor. The
5: affection. I don't see Taylor Swift, <laughs> at, at, you know, at the in the USC skyboxes, right? I'm, I mean, I'm sure USC doesn't have skyboxes because that crappy stadium. But anyway, I I don't. I'm just saying, like, there's everything okay. in the NFL is All better, right. and and I don't care All if it's right. in Chicago or wherever.
3: If you're wrong. You have to trade me all of those twenty-four firsts you've accumulated in our dynasty league. <laughs> <laughs> we well, got a twenty-five draft. On we, can some <laughs> we, can put, we can put some money. We can put. We can put on it. <laughs> Charles, I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right, take care.